Welcome, everybody, to uh, the first day, day one, of the silent retreat. Um, I, I thought I'd do something a little different and give you a look behind the veil of sorts of what a silent retreat is like. I'm sitting in probably one of my favorite places. This is, they have a, an assortment of kind of gazebos and sitting places around the, the property here. They have almost 200 acres. You know, what you see behind me is another great vista of being able to look at the front range from Long's Peak all the way down to, on a clear day, all the way down to um, Pike's Peak. So, um, so I, thought, I thought I would just give you a quick update uh, since it's unusual that I'm actually on location. Uh, but we've been, I have been talking about this off and on. If you go back to psych monologues, I talk about silence and solitude. And this, this retreat is really designed for that, is to introduce students to silence and solitude. It's an ancient uh, spiritual discipline that oftentimes has gotten lost in the evangelical world, uh, but is very present, very alive and well in the Catholic traditions. Um, and there's something we can probably learn from in regards to that. So, um, <clears throat> but what I want to share is this. I, we have a full, uh, full house, if you will, of 10 students who have bravely and courageously decided to come on a silent retreat of which they know very little or nothing about. And so basically how this works is that uh, I meet, I am the co-spiritual director. I share that, the duties of that with Dr. Bill Saxby. And uh, we met last night on, on Thursday night evening while we, after we got here and discussed a little bit of what people's fears and expectations might be and how to kind of orient themselves to, to the really the first 24 hours of silence. Um, and I, I kind of warn people about the fact that in a lot of ways we have to detoxify from a very, very noisy world. And as you can tell, this is a very placid, uh, tranquil setting uh, that you get this sense that when you come in the front gate, which, oh, by the way, is a narrow gate, which has all sorts of biblical implications to it. But when you drive in here, I, I've had a number of students say it feels a little bit like entering Narnia. Time passes differently, um, and your time spent on this first day is kind of... Uh, restless, you know. I, I've seen students kind of um, milling around and walking into the into the dining hall and stealing a couple cookies, and kind of, you know, it seems like, in a sense, passing time. Um, and that's okay, really. That is very much a part of this. I think everybody engages this a little differently after you've done it as long as I have. Um, I, I hit the front gate and I begin to walk around this property and. Um, my uh, my gait of my walk changes. Uh, I think to some degree, probably my heart rate changes, and um, and I move into kind of a contemplative place, a place of introspection. And the interesting thing about that is that even in particularly in a lot of evangelical traditions, the whole idea of experience and introspection is really not trusted. And because of that, I think we miss out on a tremendous resource of, of the fact that we talk about the fact, at least in Christian traditions, we talk about the fact that Jesus lives in our heart and God lives in our heart. And yet we spend so little time there. 
And we wonder why our relationship with God ends up being thin. And, um, and uh, what do I want to say? It, it ends up being kind of on again, off again. We go through these times of dryness and desert times. And, and then we, we have this, these times of vibrant uh, connection again. And in a lot of ways, as is pictured behind me, is that we end up living off of mountaintop experiences and then we loathe the valleys. But we, the thing that we miss is that in the valleys, there is an opportunity to build depth into who we are. And that's really what a silent retreat is about. So even if I don't go on a mountaintop, or even if I don't go even into a valley, um, I begin to develop the spiritual depth that is required to not only cultivate my relationship with God and Jesus, but also to have that to offer others. And there's a certain calm and, like I said, tranquility about the valley. And it's not always dark and doom and gloom. And that's, that's really what a silent retreat is all about. So, basically, one of the things that I heard last night is, um, you know, would it be okay if I, if I continued in a project of memorizing scripture? Now, the problem with that question is, is that very, you know, I, I think a lot of people would, would say, well, of course, I mean, memorization is great. But uh, maybe I should put however. <laughs> um, whenever there's an intermediary between me and God, which memorization is, it's a good thing. But oftentimes we end up using good things to avoid the better things. And so a project, a mind or you know oriented project takes us out of the place of our heart it it just does and i think for a lot of people that go through the academy and in education they spend a lot of time in their heads and very very little time in their heart and so in a lot of cases a silent retreat is an assault on some of those assumptions that my relationship with god is built on beliefs i have about him rather than my actual relationship with him, which includes beliefs, it includes beliefs, but it also includes my experience and, and the, the, the love that I have in my relationship to him. So now the other side of that coin is people that might be listening and come have had a fair amount of <clears throat> hurt from toxic Christians and maybe even toxic interactions with the church kind of writ large, this kind of thing sounds, you know, it sounds uh, more the same, I suppose. And I think that the thing to keep in mind is that while that might be true, your bias on that side, it gets in the way of experiencing what I would feel would be, and what I've experienced to be, a more pure and unadulterated um, experience with God, not mediated through toxic Christians, which, which we've spent the last few episodes talking about, um, but also just experiencing God and engaging in our own journey that is unique to us. No one else has the journey that you're walking on. No one else has the journey I'm walking on. And so the thing that we sometimes lose is actually a fundamental disrespect for each other's journeys and the differences between them. And differences does not mean that they're bad, that there's something wrong. I think my experience with my golden retriever puppy 
Murphy is very different than, than my wife's experience with him. And that is a key element, I think, to some of the things that, that we talk about here in our relationship and in our journey with God. So um, that's, that's the first one. The second one is, you know, I've never done this before. Um, you know, I, we, we always make the offer. Let me put a parenthesis in here. Uh, we always make the offer that um, Dr. Saxby and I are available for some spiritual direction, some s- short discussions on the topics that the person might be facing. And sometimes people end up, again, using the good to avoid the best. And the good is talking to one of us. It's probably better with him than it is with me, but the good is that. But the best is, is wrestling through our relationship with God, just between the two of us. And there's, what that does is it kind of reveals our fear of God. And where, the question we have to ask ourselves is, where does the fear come from? And so there's, there's a lot of that that is embedded, and that was one of the other questions. I think um, a, a lot of people, you know, I, I mentioned to the students, you know, it's like, what does your heart want to do? And a lot of times I've had people look at me with just a confused look, like, what does my heart have to do with anything? Partly because we've, we've reduced our heart to the seat of emotion rather than so much more. And even though we talk a good game in regards to our heart, we rarely live out of it in a lot of ways. Because, we, again, we don't trust it. We've been told it's corrupt. Um, it, and, but the problem is, is it leaves us out of the imagination that has been embedded in our hearts that actually can connect us to the God of the universe and Jesus who loves us so wildly that he, he goes literally to the cross to, to make it possible for us to find him again. So so a few observations just to share with you. I don't want to take a lot of time. Um, we are due to start our meetings again. Um, and again, our one debrief is, is in the evening and that's coming up here in about a half an hour, but I thought I'd jump on here, give you an opportunity to get a little look behind the scenes. I spent a lot of time walking, um, probably tomorrow when I check in, um, I, you know, you might find me in a completely different place and that's not unusual. I have really haunted in a lot of ways, many of these places I've been coming here for 20 years. And this place in particular, this gazebo in particular, holds unique, um, a p- unique position in the memories I have of wrestling with God. And, um, and in that wrestling, I find out more and more about him and I find out more and more about me. And um, so this, this is one of my favorite spots. Uh, I probably will introduce you to another favorite spot of mine. Um, tomorrow when I do my check-in and give you an opportunity to find out where we are after date day one and what what um, observations and things students find it's not unusual just to give you a kind of a teaser preview of what's coming it's not unusual for people to say I don't know nothing nothing I don't I don't really walk away with any huge insights or anything like that and I think that's part of the kind of the detox process of this first day or so so it's not surprising to hear that and that's that's very much a part of the landscape of the short two and a half days really that we have here um and and we find out more about ourselves and about the lavish 
crazy love that God has for us. So that's it for tonight. Thanks for joining me um, or listening into uh, the short video. And I'll have more for you to know tomorrow. And as always, love you. Later. Bye. <music>